on a mission to get Nickelodeon magazine. It's packed with celebrity interviews and comics and puzzles and great stuff to collect. But only a real live grown-up can call to order it for you. Of course, you can think of a nice polite way to ask. Nickelodeon magazine, please. Nickelodeon magazine, please. You never know who will pop in, what will pop out, and it's so good, you'll eat it all up. And you can get Nickelodeon Magazine delivered to your door. Six issues for $9.97. Credit cards are accepted. And grown-ups know it's filled with fun and interesting facts for growing minds. Unbelievable! So don't just stand there. Nickelodeon! There were lots of ways to show you really want Nickelodeon Magazine. How? Oh, you'll think of something. Nickelodeon Magazine, please. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kevin. And welcome to episode 17, where we're talking about your topics today. Before we do that, we got some emails uh, from you guys regarding past topics, so I figured we'd just start with that. Uh, we've heard from C. Stover before, and he emailed uh, his top his top five worst characters. Uh, so Corey says, number one, Melanie Parker from My Brother and Me. She's the sister, older sister. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I don't, I don't remember too much. I remember the cheerleading squad. She seemed to give them a hard time. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, hit number two, you had Harold from Hey Arnold. Who yeah. I, could, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, number three, he was with me and saying Mrs. Hushbum, uh, but Hushbum from All That. That was Lori Beth. Loud Librarian. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, Pearl Crabs from SpongeBob. Hmm. Yeah, you can definitely, yeah. definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> and Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really don't like Vicky. Uh, so thank you, Corey. We also got an email from Stinner, uh, who we've heard from a couple times. He sent us um, a whole bunch, but uh, today I'm just going to share his best friend, girlfriend, enemy, which we, we haven't heard one of those in a while. Yeah. So he said his best friend would be Doug Funny. Uh, he mm. thinks his work as a friend speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. Uh, girlfriend, Alex Mack. Mm. No hesitation mm. in making this selection whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> this is a this is definitely a favorite. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he says. I mean, look at her. Everything about her screams perfect '90s girlfriend. <laughs> uh, have we had anybody do Alex? Anybody else besides Alex Mack? Chris did Dina. Is there any other? Of a girlfriend. Oh, you picked Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for <laughs> and for uh, for enemy, I think this is a pretty good one. He picked the ghastly grinner. He said I was mm. just absolutely horrified by that episode. It may have kept me up uh, a night on a few occasions. I was totally haunted by the Exorcist at eight years old, uh, and the possessed look of the victims left in the grinner's wake was beyond disturbing for me. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorites. Really, like, surreal rewatching it yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so, thank you to Stinner. Um, but today, as I said, we're doing listener topics. Broadcasting from our super secret location. That's right. Uh, 
somewhere unknown. <laughs> um, so we're just going to go in the order that uh, the suggestions were sent to us. We got probably close to 30 suggestions for topics on the episode. Um, we're not doing all of them. A couple like figured out a lot of people sent Nick Jr. stuff. And it just seemed like, okay, enough people maybe want to hear about that, that we could just dedicate like a yeah. show to that. Um, so if we don't cover it, it might just because we don't know enough about it, or uh, we might actually be saving it for a larger episode. Yeah. Yep. So our first suggestion was sent to us by Jimmy Cannoli182. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and if um, that's Jim, that's our buddy Jim, yeah. <laughs> who has appeared on the podcast yeah 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 so yeah he was in last week's uh nick in the afternoon and also on doug but he asked what are your thoughts on the best nickelodeon video game Mm. yeah that's a good one um i think the most infamous one is rocco's modern life yeah for super nintendo yeah spunky's Uh, dangerous day yeah uh if you've ever played it it's really a nightmare um, that certain type of game where you're trying to kind of get the uh, like passive character to the end of the level, um, but it's really it's really tough. Yeah. But I, I I guess with all the Nickelodeon games, I really like looking at the graphics. Like yeah. they're all really appropriate for Nickelodeon. Yeah. I was waiting to hear why this was your best. <laughs> yeah. Game. So I think it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to have rock, more Rocco's Modern Life anytime. Okay. Introducing a new video game from Nickelodeon. It's like you have this pet. This dog. Small dog. But real dumb. Right, Spongy. And he's always getting into trouble. And saving him's up to you. Only you're this wallaby. Rocco. Yeah. And there's all kinds of weird creatures. No. Nasty neighbors. Flying clothespins. Evil garbage trucks. Big climbing pools. You can float Spunky over like a balloon to save him. And Rocco's you're Modern Life. For your Super Nintendo Entertainment System from Viacom New Media. He's your dog. He's your problem. I, you mentioned Our Real Monsters last week. And I thought that visually, I think that's, yeah, that's uh, also really a very good pretty one. good. Yeah, they did a really good job um, You know, in the, I guess the Super Nintendo era with all those... You know, Nicktoons made into video games, but uh, for me, actually, like a, a relatively recent one, they made a Major League Baseball Nicktoons baseball mm. oh. uh, game, which was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you could pick any team and you know play as your favorite baseball stars, but also um, you can add in any of the Nicktoons, so you could play with uh, hmm. with SpongeBob or Powdered <laughs> Toast Man, and uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So um, that's definitely my favorite, most enjoyable. Yeah, that sounds go. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, I, I don't know I played all that many others. There is a whole bunch. Yeah. There's a bunch of Ren and Stimpy. A whole lot of Ren and Stimpy ones. They're all very difficult. Yeah. Like, I don't know if these were designed for the rental market to try to get you to rent them over and over again, yeah. but they're extremely hard. Yeah. Um, Either that or they just put so much effort into like the graphics and making it look true to the cartoon yeah. that they just kind of uh, lost sight of the actual gameplay aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Um, all right, well, sorry we can't um, dig into that one more <laughs> deeply. But So the next topic uh, someone sent to us was... This topic was sent to us by Francie... Pr- Prance for you, who has contacted us before, and they said they want the behind-the-scenes scoop on why and how Doug went to Disney. 
Um, and so what I did is I went to Wikipedia because I didn't know exactly why. I mean, I was guessing the company got bought by Disney, but uh, Wikipedia has just a nice, nice short entry which explains the following. The original deal required Jumbo to produce, and that's the production company for Doug, Jumbo, uh, to produce 65 episodes of Doug, which Nickelodeon would air in blocks of 13 per season. After four seasons and 52 episodes of Doug, Nickelodeon declined to order the additional 13, citing that the show's expensive budget uh, restricted them. The network had two, a two-year window in which they could reverse the decision. The duo, the creators, created... Uh, received strong interest from several networks, among them ABC. Each time they received interest, they would notify Nickelodeon in order to speed up the ordering of the fifth season. In 1996, Walt Disney purchased ABC while also purchasing Doug in a multi-million dollar deal with Jenkins and Campbell, the creators. The deal involved buying Jumbo Pictures and signing them to a five-year contracts with stock options to be Disney executives. The company also purchased the Doug trademark and its rights to all future merchandising. Mm. Sounds like uh, Jumbo Pictures really kind of lucked out on that deal, <laughs> yeah, ultimately. Yeah. And it, it I don't think I could say no to that one. <laughs> but it doesn't even sound like they were trying to force their way out of Nickelodeon. Just that, like, either give us a fifth season. Yeah. Or, yeah. It sounded like they were trying to give them their fair chance. Like, yeah. maybe they, they would have like to stay with Nickelodeon if possible. Yeah, I really... What's your feeling on the Disney Doug? Um, I, I don't even know if I could have a fair opinion because I watched so little of it. Yeah. I, I tried it, and it probably speaks to the fact that I didn't stick with it. But I, I remember being really weird out by like the major... like Roger's role change seemed yeah. really weird. And so I think I just didn't give it much of a chance to actually say, like, I dislike it yeah. or... Yeah, definitely the same thing with me. Um, it just, I think I watched a couple episodes and it just seemed off. So yeah. I kind of liked it still. I think maybe just because of the characters that I was already familiar with. But um, it, it was definitely missing something yeah. from the originals. Yeah, so I, I think everybody sitting here probably prefers the Nickelodeon Doug, yeah. but... Um, I guess you can't really blame Jim Jenkins for... Yeah, and he still got to make it. They probably had some sort of like creative input, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you for that topic. Um, the next one is from Chris Callahan on Twitter. He goes at PC Chris, see? Uh, and he said, Hey, guys, love the show. For the listener topic episode, how about a mini versus between these contests super toy run nick went further than ever before to make one kid's dream come true i am doug berry from chapin illinois and i'm on this year's super toy run aloha yes this year nickelodeon's super toy run went hawaiian transporting doug berry 4,000 miles to tropical paradise he prepared he pumped he powered up and then he proved that at nickelodeon kids really do win big on your owner get set in a five-minute rampage, Doug found toy paradise in tropical paradise. Videos, sporting goods, telescopes, he grabbed it all. He even got stuff for the kid next door. And when it was all over, Doug had bagged almost $10,000 worth of toys. Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Next year, it could be you who gets to say... I sent in a postcard and I want all of this. Nick's Super Toy Run was brought to you by KB Toy Stores, Roadmaster Motorcycles, Bicycles, and the place where only kids win... Nickelodeon versus Nick takes over your school. Square root of the inverse. Who sent in the postcard? Who sent in that postcard? 
postcard. The postcard. Send it in, and you have the power to win. Nick takes over your school. Clarissa, yeah. Mark Summers, the Roundhouse Posse will come and take over your school. You'll get $1,000 from Cheetos. Plus, you and your classmates will each get a set of easy, squeezy paints from Mattel, a crisscross video, and jump to a special school-wide crisscross concert. For your chance to win, send in the postcard with your name, address, age, and telephone number two. Which would you have wanted to win? Thanks. That's a really great, uh, great question. Uh, yeah. I think both of those were like oh. ultimate. Yeah. They seem like impossibilities. I mean, just. But just sitting there watching it, the envy that ran through yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, every every kid's dream come true, without a doubt. <laughs> I think the advantage of the Nick uh, takes over your school is that everybody in school gets like a taste of it and knows that you are the you know reason for it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get the thousand dollars though. That the yeah. Winner <laughs> got. Um, but I I think. Um, that I liked, like I would have rather done the Super Toy Run, probably. That was just like, like any dream. anything that makes it like to you stand out a little more. I think it's just the idea of uh, just getting as much as you want. I mean, just <laughs> the idea. It's like a total selfish one compared to the other one. Like just you getting anything you want in the whole Toy Story. Yeah. Oh, just the idea of like sticking your arm out and just swiping stuff yeah, into yeah. a cart is. Even as an adult, I'd like to go to the grocery and just like, bam, I'm taking yeah. all this. And at the time, it was like unbelievable. Just the idea of getting all of these toys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just anything you wanted. Just, oh my God. Um, I, I think the biggest difference for me is that, you know, the, you know, the super toy run, that's, you, you get all that stuff forever. Well, yeah. In theory. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, whereas, you know, when they come to your school, it's just kind of a one and done. Like, all right, you have one really cool day, but um, well, then it's gone. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I, I, when I first read the topic, I went easy uh, toy run. Yeah. But then I went back and I looked at the Nick Takes Over Your School because I didn't remember that well. And the one example I saw was really cool. Uh, Mark Summer showed up. Mm. And the, some of the cast from Clarissa showed up, and then a bunch of like Nickelodeon mascots, like Rugrats characters mm. and stuff. But then they actually played like double dare challenges at the school with like the principal. And um, I think as a kid, if like the, my Nickelodeon heroes came to my school, it would be the day I'd remember forever. But the toy run. So what, I, what I'm saying is I'm not discrediting Nick Takes mm. Over Your School, but the toy run. I read an article on AV Club a couple years ago where they interviewed someone who got to do it. And Nick sounded super accommodating. Um, so they would actually ask you, like, what do you really want? Like, if you could wow. pick a couple things, and they would make it so they knew the kid would hit it on the run. Oh, wow. Um, like, I think this the kid in the article said they really wanted a couple bikes, like, for himself or his sister. And so he got a couple bikes. Mm. Um, and they actually let you go in the store the day prior to really... Map. They don't move stuff for you necessarily, yeah. but so you can map out the store, so you know where to. You have an idea. That's crazy. Um, and the kids said like they were just like awesome. Like it was nothing staged, nothing was like set up. And they really get to keep everything that goes in the cart. Yeah, he said he got everything. He yeah. had, like he went home with like four bikes. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, my my dream was always you know 
um, back in the 90s when you go to Toys R Us for all the video games, they just had those little tickets like in, yeah. in the cubbies. So I always thought, like, why don't you just go down the video game aisle and just grab all of the, the tickets? <laughs> you have like 400 Super Nintendos by the end of the day. But, um, yeah, and it takes up no space yeah, in the right. cart. You, you can still swing by the, you know, the Mattel aisle and yeah. get all the Hot Wheels that you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, there's something just very special about imagining that happening yeah, right. <laughs> really happening and that i think that's the purpose it served for you as the kid at home of just watching a scenario that you know couldn't be you yeah. but you're happy some kid was <laughs> yeah. getting it yeah you're living vicariously through <laughs> that kid that's that's yeah. awesome but those toy runs i mean i mean we do like kid analysis you'd be like oh man he botched it like yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. missed yeah. all the good toys he hesitated right there <laughs> yeah yeah it was sports for kids um but so i i'm saying toy yeah. run yeah toy yeah, run toy run across the board yeah not not to discredit um no it would be also awesome to have the school one, yeah. but yeah that toy run's just a dream you yeah, could all at that age, I wasn't all that into going to school to begin with, so... <laughs> yeah, that's I an mean, issue. <laughs> do you want the target on your back of Nickelodeon Kid Forever? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Chris. Cool topic. I like that one. Um, next up, the infamous PJ on Twitter uh, messaged us, and he said, um, how about a look back at some of the best merchandise from old school Nick? Things like Nick Phone, Alarm Clock, Gak... Clarissa and the Straight Jacket CD, Farting Rundown, Nickelodeon Magazine, Board Games, all that album, um, action figures like Land of the Lost. So I guess what I'll just say is like, is there something you remember from your childhood that was Nickelodeon related or things you thought were cool? Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, I kind of remember the Nickelodeon Magazine. I, 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 yeah. I don't think I had much in the way of Nickelodeon stuff yeah. beyond that other than you know a few video games here and there. But um. It's kind of exciting to read the Nickelodeon yeah. magazine if I can remember it correctly. That, you know, if I looked at one now, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. There was something very great about that at the time, especially at the time when there's no internet. Really. Mm. So oh, it's yeah. like this Definitely. really special thing that comes in them. And at the time, I think it was like six issues that you got in a year. Yeah. So every two months, that would take forever as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Well, you so know, they got it. They created this yeah. uh, this TV station that's just for kids, and you know we've kind of grown out of the highlights stage at yeah. that point. So it was kind of like you know a magazine just for kids to go yeah. along with yeah. it. So that Maybe was cool. you did, Kevin. Well, <laughs> some of us still have it. Um, no, I Nick, I would concur with Nick Magazine. Um, it felt really exciting to get. Um, I also, I guess you could speak more about this, Andrew. But Andrew, you had a uh, Nickelodeon alarm clock. Which, when you hit it, plays the... What's it play? Like, uh... Well, it's got, like, the radio plus, um... Like, different... Five different alarms that are, like, Nick... Well, not even really Nickelodeon-themed. The one is. Yeah. That, like, does the Nick... Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick thing. Yeah. Um, man, that... It's great. It was great, but, uh... I hated waking up to that. Like it was so loud, and those noises on there were really <laughs> terrible. Yeah. yeah, but it got the job done. It did yeah, definitely it get the job done. Do. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was I, cool. Oh, I loved whacking that thing and just setting it off. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that was the thing about it. Is that like once you set the alarm up, like the test alarm off, or whatever, hear them. Yeah. Yeah. There's no stopping it. It's blaring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um. 
he mentioned the like Clarissa soundtrack. They'd made like an original soundtrack for Clarissa and uh, call or all that. Did you have either of those? Hmm, no. I didn't even know those existed. <laughs> <laughs> I had, um, I think, one of the Ren and Stimpy ones. Mm. And of course, I didn't have this, but the most incredible of the soundtrack type things, the Pete and Pete cassette. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, what is that? Um, oh, Happily Deranged. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. Man, I think that, we all have the Polaris album, if that counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, before that CD came out, this was the only way to hear any of the songs on it. Yeah, it was like, that's cool. Yeah, I think it came in a cereal box, maybe, or something. Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, you also, you know, you had the um, Are You Afraid of the Dark computer video game, which oh, was really yeah. fun. I, I think I had that as yeah. well. Yeah, now I that forgot. you mentioned that. It was legitimately pretty creepy. Yeah. Impossible, but right. <laughs> It's almost like a mist-type game where you yeah. select, like, which direction to turn, mm. and then you're looking for, like, items to kind of solve oh, what's like going on. the spookiness of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was pretty fun. So I would actually maybe say that was my favorite video game. If I would count it, right? Computer yeah, game. Yeah, yeah totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was I, also the Are You Afraid of the Dark board game. Oh, I don't know if you yeah. remember that. I don't. I'm not even sure I've ever played it. Mm. Like it was one of those games that had so much setup that you, you know, you're all excited to play it, and then when you start reading the instructions, you're just like, I forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Are You Afraid of the Dark related, so it seemed cool at the time. Yeah. yeah. It'd be cool if there was like. A, 90s Nickelodeon like trivia game or something. There is. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. it's really expensive though. Oh, man. <laughs> I went on Amazon and uh, there's like a car pack with like levels of trivia, and uh, I think it's around thirty dollars. But um, someone actually messaged us not too long ago saying they have it and it's really fun. Oh, yeah. But uh, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, moving on, uh, at ScottR021 at Twitter asked us uh, a while back. He was just wondering like what some of our favorite physical challenges from Double Dare were, if anything. Yeah. That's tough for me. I feel like they're all kind of blending together for me as, like, uh, just messy, goopy, maybe food-related a lot of times. Yeah. But uh, looking over the list again, I would say that <laughs> the outstanding one was Harvey's Wild Oats. Um, <laughs> and it was... Uh, to me, it was just interesting because it incorporated Harvey, the stage yeah. manager. And, and the uh, announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His face was on a can of oats, <laughs> and you, you know, I, I don't know, you toss stuff in it or whatever. <laughs> um, but I always liked when they, like, incorporated those behind-the-scenes people in yeah. it. Like, who, they, they always, like, refer to them just by first name. Like, right. you know exactly they're who pals. they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Once they're done taping, they're going to go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kevin? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, bananas in your boots. I don't know if you guys remember this one. I, I had to look up the description of it just to kind of totally, totally recall it. But um, the description is, you know, there's a long bench placed in the middle uh, of the stage, and there are 12 boots filled with various, you know, disgusting uh, contents. You know, they had, like, whipped cream, uh, creamed corn, and... In these substances, they had unpeeled bananas, so within 20 seconds, you had to get in there with your feet and remove three bananas oh, wow. from these boots, so um, <laughs> that sounds pretty business. great. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I could do very many things in 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember... I don't remember a whole 
bunch. I, I know I enjoy the ones where anytime they have like a bucket on top of their head with a certain line they have to fill to. It was oh, yeah. so frustrating as a kid. Like, just get the chocolate milk in the bucket. Uh, so anytime where they had to like meet, meet a marker with something attached to their head, um, I thought that was really fun. And I, I know it's not technically a physical challenge. It's a challenge during like the run at the end of the game, but I always loved the nose you had to pick for yeah. the flag. With, oh, like, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> Slime in it. Yeah, that was definitely uh, great. <laughs> oh, and diving that whipped cream like pool. Oh. <laughs> I mean, these are the things kids were dreaming of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised any of them ever completed the end game. Yeah. Like, so, I'm looking at it now, it's like, how could you have found the flag in that pool of whipped cream or whatever? Right. And watching it, I wonder how more people didn't, like, fall and crack their skull open. Because <laughs> it, it's, like, all the slippery stuff on. Um, on like a concrete checkered floor yeah. and it just looked uh very dangerous yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anything else on physical challenges um not, not really i kind of recall one where like one one player was dressed up as a taco and you had to get all the <laughs> all the ingredients in there or something that, that was kind of fun <laughs> uh do you guys think if you were on double dare it always drives me crazy when I watch it, and I've recorded some on Splat, when the kids, they seem really eager to take the physical challenge rather than answer the, answer the double dare. Oh, what, yeah. What do you think? Would you have gone for it for the win with like answering the double dare, or would you have gone for the physical challenge? Sometimes the questions are like really hard, though you can tell when they're almost trying to like push them into a physical challenge. It's just like an impossible question. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say, do you think there are moments where like they kind of require them to to take the physical challenges because you know they have yeah. to get these all set up ahead of time? So that's true. I yeah. wonder. Uh, yeah, like he said, like the question is just so hard that they're gonna force them to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The show has an interest in making sure these kids. Yeah, do there's a physical challenge every five minutes or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, all right, all right. Very good. Thank you for the question. Uh, Rachel B, or at it is a Quimby, um, message us, and she said, uh, Are the Midnight Society's parents all sitting in their cars somewhere nearby waiting and cursing? <laughs> How are these guys getting there? <laughs> Well, I, I'd love to think it was, you know, their parents just all dropped them <laughs> off so they could, you know, have their weekly campfire. But, you know, I think obviously the, the assumed scenario is that they all kind of sneak out after yeah. the night and, yeah. you know, find their little, their meeting spot. And, you know, they're not necessarily miles away from this spot. They could just be some neighborhood kids. Yeah, those woods don't have to be real deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose maybe, like, I feel like we lived in a woody-type area, so, like, it was easy to imagine finding a place and doing something like that, you know? Yeah. So, but, if, I mean, maybe if you live in the city, you're like, how are these kids getting out here? <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the idea of just all the parents just out there with their cars. They're like, yeah, they're just doing the Midnight Society thing again. <laughs> yeah. and tell them these stories, but all right. Saturday night again. <laughs> A funny thought. Yeah. Uh, T. Mason, or at HodgePodge uh, Design on Twitter, asked, what are your thoughts on all the Nick shorts that aired between the shows, like Inside Out Boy? He was just an ordinary kid, until that fateful day when he accidentally swung over the bar and learned he had incredible powers beyond those of any superhero. Where are my pants? 
He had become Inside Out Boy. He couldn't fly or even leap tall buildings. But what he could do, gross out adults, made him a hero to kids the world over. Excuse me. Inside Out Boy. What you want in a hero. Guts. From the network that's got what you want, Nickelodeon. That, I think, is the only one that I specifically remember, aside from the Pete and Pete shorts. Yeah. Um, and that was cool. Like, uh, the claymation and the whole idea of it, going yeah. over the bar and <laughs> becoming inside out um, on the swings. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked that. I, I can't recall many now. Um, she mentioned as the school bus turns, yeah, there's Pete and Pete. Um, I want to. Did Wienerville start out as bumpers? Mm. Um, but the, of course, there was all the really great animation of just even just the Nick bumpers, yeah. like for the the channel. I loved. Pretty much, you could see five different ones in an hour, so it seemed like even they were spending time making their bumpers really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, th- th- those were cool. And same same as you, I I really only remember Inside Out Man. Boy, yeah. Or yeah. Inside Out Boy. <laughs> there is one bumper that comes to mind. Is the It's like a CGI orange uh-huh. guy. He's like a blob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that one's great. Yeah. Um, the the Nickelodeon song I used to start the episode last week, um, it's, it's like an animation of a bunch of these ants, and they're... They're all singing the yeah. Nick Nick, but their voices are modulated up. Um, I, I really remember that animation of the ants. Um, it seemed like, I mean, I, I we're probably missing like ten or fifteen <laughs> uh, shorts they actually ran, but um, Inside I so Inside Out Boy really distinctly stands out, especially because it was at the beginning of the Rugrats VHS tape. Um, oh yeah. So I watched the heck out of those uh, <laughs> Rugrats VHS tapes, and so before I'd watch it, Inside Out Boy uh, ran. While we're on the topic of those tapes, something about like the idea of the Snick ones, I love. Oh yeah, the art design on the box was cool. It had like yeah. the kind of the four quadrants with yeah. an image from each show. Yeah, they really nailed that like look of things at the time. Like to at least for me, like really when I saw it, I'm just like, this <laughs> looks awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back then, a VHS tape with with shows on it was just. You know, it was yeah. amazing. Like, it was yeah. before all the DVD box sets, and it was really cool just to... Yeah, it was incredible. This yeah. It was like a brand new idea, yeah. getting to see these shows. Now, uh, now, granted, only like three and a half episodes could fit on yeah. one of those tapes, but... Um, did you have... You had some of the VHSs, didn't you? Man, I, I don't remember any specifically. Um, yeah. Did a lot of recording on the VHS. Yeah, like, a yeah, lot of VHS. recording. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Maggie at Maggie Lockett uh, tweeted at us and she said what are your thoughts on Pete and Pete season 3 never being sold on DVD oh, I hate oh, it boy. hate it hate it, hate it. <laughs> next to Freaks and Geeks being cancelled this was like my second all time media related like annoyance yeah yeah. I mean, just what a, terrible what a complete failure I, <laughs> like, and it was so close it was like it was like it was out yeah and there was just no reason to think that that would happen. It's really, oh boy. Yeah, it was a matter of weeks away, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know. There was a picture, like, of the cover art. Of the fact. Well, there was, yeah, I remember a picture of a factory with, like, boxes of Pete and Pete DVDs <laughs> in them. Um, 
and it's so frustrating. I've heard different reasons why I've heard yeah. they used a lot more music, like recorded music, mm-hmm. in season three, and they still don't want to maybe... The, the, the I, studio doesn't want to pay for all yeah. of it. Um, I have heard that. I've also heard that... Um, it was like right as the head of Nick was mm-hmm. step like was stepped a, down and somebody came in. Yeah, there was a change. Um, and you know that might have just been a part of that. Yeah. Just froze everything that was going on or something. Big mistake. I'm still really holding out hope that someday that warehouse gets sold <laughs> by accident or something, and yeah. somebody comes into possession of all those. <laughs> oh man, it's um, yeah. The only way I've been able to see it is. You know YouTube, or yeah. but it's really worth it if you haven't watched season three episodes in a while. It's worth sneaking online to uh, find some measure of watching them because yeah. they there really are some of the best episodes in season three. Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, going kind of piggy, piggybacking off of that, someone asked us our thoughts on um, Artie uh, leaving in the middle of season two. Yeah, uh, you know, I think our thoughts are probably go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, do you know, uh, like, definitively why he was off? I don't know definitively. I, I I feel like the only thing I remember reading is that like Toby Huss kind of just wanted to go on yeah. and try some do different things. I'll say that it was uh, it's upsetting. However, I think it makes for some of the most powerful episodes of the show. Um, Artie Lee. Or his departure. Yeah. Farewell, my my Viking. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just great episodes. Like, I hate to... I hate that he's gone, but at the same time, like, getting those episodes is almost worth it. Yeah. He probably got a little extra character development in his his absence, too. And newer characters. You You met people like... Or Teddy was around, but you really got to start enjoying Teddy. Uh, Wayne. Wayne. Uh, Wayne. Um, Wayne Pardue. He's one of our favorites. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, a, yeah, Pete's little band of misfits yeah. and uh, newer villain type people and teachers. Yeah. Um, it. I think it opened up the show a lot. Yeah, I think I probably would have preferred that already stayed on the show, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, farewell, Artie. Uh, Grant Pardee at Grant PA uh, tweeted at us, pretty much every single Nicktoon has been revived in some way, and what are your thoughts? And I know Grant Pardee, he, I went to college with Grant, and uh, he's a hilarious dude. So, Grant, if you're listening, hello. Thank you for the question, my friend. <laughs> so, I mean, what officially, though, is being revived? Rocco, for sure, and Hey Arnold. Yeah. Um, Ren and Stimpy had a small run. On yeah, a different yeah. network. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess they don't own Doug anymore, so they can't. Oh, really but do they, it. but yeah, the Disney Doug was like bringing it back yeah. after it had been. Yeah. It had been gone. Man, um, I I think that. Uh, well, they see. I guess thinking about it now, they seem to have a poor track record. Yeah. Well, I think this is you know it's obviously Nicktoons related, but it kind of can be a little broader because just kind of across the board they're bringing back all kinds of yeah. nostalgic shows yeah. and doing reboots and yeah. all that kind of thing. Um, I mean, for me, I enjoy the fan service. I, it's great seeing those characters we love again. Yeah. But you know, I think we kind of get the same feeling that we got from 
you know, after Doug went to, to ABC, that it's just, you know, something's not quite there. Yeah, it's, it's a little off. Though I think some of these things, when they do it right, like really nail it, it's great. And I mm-hmm. love it. I love that it exists. It's just like so hard to recapture that. I think that most things don't quite do it. Yeah, it's it, it can feel a little bit odd. It could just feel like the moment's passed. Even mm-hmm. though you love it, it can feel... There's almost an air of desperation sometimes that yeah. uh, that it's different than the cartoons, but the, the Legends of the Hidden Temple movie that they made last year uh-huh. and bringing Kirk back and you almost felt a little bad, like yeah. this last grasp at maybe somebody's going to watch this. Um, so it's exciting, but at the same time it feels like it's okay that we're just done with it. I am excited for Rocco in yeah, particular, based looks, on the trailer. That, yeah, that looks really good. Like they really took their time to yeah. stay true to the the original there. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else they made. I feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark is primed. It does seem like that. Yeah. Well, I guess they did. It almost did have its semi revival <laughs> with the new Midnight Society. Yeah, Tucker leading the Midnight Society. I don't know how I feel about that. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. The I feel like the real shows have had less revivals than the tunes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it is kinda like Twilight Zone though, almost, where like they've tried many times mm. and just can't quite yeah. figure out what the magic was or whatever. The, yeah, yeah, something's missing. Mm. Yeah. The moment's the moment is gone. Um, so yeah, uh, we also heard from Vince Enzio ninety nine on Twitter. He said, "What is Bob Pataki doing right now? Clearly, beepers are irrelevant." <laughs> I think my initial guess would be self selling cell phones. Yeah, but, though you know, there's no, there might not be any small cell phone sellers now. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm really qualified to weigh in on this one. So. <laughs> I think Bob Pataki <laughs> is p- potentially working for the federal government in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think he joined some, either the government or some sort of powerful entity? I think he's in like a powerful department mm. somewhere in the government. I'm not sure I believe he ever made it that far, <laughs> but maybe he's a real go-getter. <laughs> no, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's good, good theory. I hope that uh, Helga's mom got it to you got know. it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, for Helga's sake, maybe the yeah. movie will. This uh, the Jungle movie is supposed to be a year later, one year uh-huh. after we left off. So maybe there's a happy ending. In the story. Maybe. Did you ever see um, or read about? They were talking about making a Patakis series for oh, no. MTV. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was going to be like more adult themed and like more serious like they were yeah. gonna like address her parents issues and stuff like oh, more directly and so yeah um but it just never came about wow that's really intriguing yeah yeah it's intriguing but it sounds like it could also be pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> i could see how they didn't want to go with it yeah um all right cool uh well we're not sure about bob but he's out there <laughs> somewhere selling some someone aligned uh yeah uh, mike um at Sagino Bambino uh, tweeted at us. He said, "Hey guys, just wondering uh, what you think was the last true classic Nicktoon." Hmm. I'll start by saying SpongeBob. I, SpongeBob, and it's still on. Yeah. So, but I think it's the last thing that they made that I think will be remembered as classic, and it's the last thing 
they made that I would still watch regularly. Well, I, I really don't watch a lot of SpongeBob, but if it's on, I really don't mind it. I think yeah. it's enjoyable. That's a good pick. Um, I think that I think that over that, um, I have to put Invaders in. Yeah, it was. It really felt like a cutoff point. Um, somehow, I'm not sure the subject matter or what, but that seemed like the last one that I was like interested in. That was very weird, and uh, that was it for me. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go to SpongeBob as well. Um, pretty much the same reasons <laughs> you said. So don't need to be redundant there. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. I I haven't seen a lot of the more recent episodes, so I don't know. Mm how the humor's holding up these days. <laughs> I mean, for a while there, it was on. Yeah. Um, uh, admittedly, I hadn't. I have also not yeah. seen a lot of recent stuff. Uh, but I have enjoyed both movies. Um, I think both movies are actually a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. The SpongeBob movie and Sponge Out of Water. Um, I, I never saw the second one. I thought it was... I, I don't think people liked it as much, but I thought it was... The art is really great mm. in that movie. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Have to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, probably somewhere between Invader Zim and SpongeBob for the last thing I would consider classic Nicktoon. Um, John Nichols or at White Grape Juice on Twitter tweeted at us. <laughs> That's a great handle. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on the best game show to be on as a kid? So I guess just what game show would you say I, I wanted? To, I would want to be on this one. Um. Legends of the Hidden Temple for me. Ooh. But you have the smallest chance of actually getting through the show. I, I would have won. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know which kind of bozo you're going to be uh, hooked up with. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I really like that show. I yeah. thought it would be really fun to be on. No, uh, yeah. way, way different than you know a lot of the other ones just kind of like fit into the same you know style, which were all really fun. Um, but Legends of the Hidden Temple is just kind of unique and Plus seeing Olmec in person. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the biggest draw there. <laughs> All right, good thing. Um, I think that I I would agree that, like, Legends, if you make it to the end, that's the best game show experience yeah. that there is. All the way through, yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, knowing you're going to have a good time, uh-huh. I think I would go with Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah. Just it, looks like a lot of fun, no matter what. You know, everyone's involved. You're cutting loose, <laughs> no doubt about it. And I've always wanted to meet Omar Gooding. So. Oh, that's, that's a good point there. <laughs> um, I would have picked, and I'm answering this question as what I knew, what I thought as a kid, not what I know now, because I don't. It wouldn't be my pick. But I, as a kid, I really wanted to be on Nick Arcade. Oh, um, oh yeah. Because yeah. you didn't understand yeah. how the video game thing worked, <laughs> but it was. Just to think you could be in a video game. <laughs> yeah. I remember as a kid being so jealous of yeah. the kids who made it to the video game. I guess I never really thought about the mechanics or logistics of I it. I think it's pretty much like a weather guy where like yeah. they're looking at themselves. <laughs> I was always very irritated about their performance, usually. like oh. I mean, most kids had no chance. Really, it's almost the silver monkey times ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just this slapping This is understandable, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did, maybe it was in that Clickstein book, I'm not sure, um, read that the kids were looking at a screen that was showing everything flipped, like mirror. Oh, yeah. So it made uh, it really hard because they were yeah. doing the opposite. They'd reach right and yeah. it, it should be left. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they all look like idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, Legends is Legends is a good one. Um, but yeah, as a kid, Nick Arcade was that is pretty great. Wanted yeah, it, I wanted it in that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you for that question, uh, White Grape Juice. And thank you for the Twitter handle. <laughs> um, Justin Golosi, or at LL Cool, I'm sorry, LL Cruel underscore J. Uh, <laughs> these are great. <laughs> uh, he said, with all the members of the Midnight Society having different themes to their stories, I'd like to know, he asked for your top three storytellers, and I think Andrew and I might do an episode just on this topic, yeah. um, but I guess we could just throw out a couple people we like okay, okay. yeah i'll start okay. with betty ann uh mm. who we've talked about several times once in good capacity and with laughing in the dark yeah. and once with uh 13th, 13th floor yeah, yeah. um but she has a r- rock solid resume <laughs> um m- much many more hits than mm. you think more hits than misses well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel I, like going through them again, it seemed like they were all kind of even to me. Yeah. Um, 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 I think that even though he's hated amongst people, apparently, I really liked Gary. He had oh, really man. good stories. Well, I, I was just going to say, I was going to pick Gary just to spite Chris. Uh, <laughs> you actually have some something some, to back it up there. So. <laughs> Um, I just liked the his magic it was his theme, I guess. Like basically, I was yeah. talking about his dad's magic shop, so he often had like a prop to go with oh, <laughs> whatever yeah. the story was. Um, but he had some good ones, and Sardo, one of the most mm. memorable characters, yeah, hard to beat. Sardo. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'll stick with Gary as well, <laughs> but for my reason, not Andrews. <laughs> uh, so Betty Ann. You can decide here, all right? Okay. So yeah. maybe you count it out. Here are the stories she told. <laughs> Laughing in the Dark. Big win. Nightly Neighbors. <sighs> Sorcerer's Apprentice. Ah, man, that's a... It's, it's on the good. line. It's pretty good. I mean, I like it. Right, yeah. I'll give 13th it. 13th Floor. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dollmaker. Ooh, that's a really good one. Yep. Bookish Babysitter. <laughs> Curious Camera. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it in the good. Okay. Silent Servant. What was the Silent Servant? Um, That is the episode where... Oh, the Scarecrow. That was pretty good. I, and especially as, I guess, I have to admit, as far as Scarecrow, like, horror-type things go, yeah. this may be one of the best all-time. Yeah. Uh, Ghastly Grinner. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Mystical Mirror and Chameleons, which... Those last two are eh, but mm, oh, right. was, I think overwhelmingly pretty good. Yeah, if this was a versus episode, you'd be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, it's it's pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she has a lot of good ones. You're right. Um, so, yeah, Betty Ann. I mean, <laughs> Gary's a he's a fine pick. He's fine. He's he's told some pretty good stories. You know, I'd like to see you guys do on if you ever do touch back on this episode, maybe get you know maybe a bigger group and have you know one person defend. Their uh, character, kind ar- of like a an expanded versus episode, a roundtable yeah. versus, yeah, yeah, that'd be really fun. <laughs> that'd be good. Um, so we're just gonna leave it there because I think we're gonna talk more about that in the future. Justin, Justin also asked, um, you know, there's a lot of great shows and cartoons and networks, but what made Nick? Uh, what was it about Nick that 
you think made them arguably more appealing than other shows or channels? Yeah, we've kind of hit upon this a little bit, but mm-hmm. like it's hard to, I guess, nail down exactly what that special brand of magic was. Well, um, in, a, in a in a vague sense. You know, when I'm home for summer vacation from school, like that's the only only channel that had anything yeah. on that I wanted to watch. So yeah, that's true. Um, that's it for me. <laughs> I think they also did just like a better job than anybody at the time or now, maybe of um, like involving you as the viewer and yeah. like really speaking to you as a kid. They really somehow nailed that. You know? yeah. Like they knew exactly what you wanted to see. Yeah. There, yeah, we've talked about this, just their willingness to be super weird and creative. Um, it seemed like whoever was making the shows were making just all... It was all out. So as a kid, I really liked watching a show that felt like it was just throwing everything at you. Yeah. Whether it was funny or scary. Yeah, or, nothing felt um, like calculated, really. These shows... Or like conveyor belt. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It, like everything was very different from everything else. Yeah, very distinct and memorable. And yeah, like very impactful too. Yeah, and straight up Nickelodeon had genius branding. So their bumpers and their the yeah. jingles, um, the little characters like Stick Stickly and yeah. Inside Out Boy and Face on Nick Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, that and like <laughs> and something like the Big Orange Couch um, mm-hmm. are things that. Like, they really nailed, but I don't even know how they came up with this stuff. I mean, how did they know well, the Big Orange Couch would be a yeah, relatable... Work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you think of any other TV channel, and, like, the, all you think about are their shows, and, and that's yeah. it. And with Nickelodeon, it's like, there's so much... There's atmosphere for yeah. that channel, which is really unique for a, yeah. a TV station. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like its own special thing. Like, very <laughs> separated from everything yeah. else on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think, I mean, the reason we're doing the podcast is kind of like yeah. what Justin asked about. I think Nickelodeon nailed something that is worth revisiting. And and has somehow lasted this, yeah. uh, the test of time. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Uh, thanks, Justin. We also heard from Cashew Cashrood on Twitter. Uh, and they asked, what are your thoughts on your either your favorite or your least favorite short? on Kablam. And mine off the... I don't know if I have a least favorite. I guess I would have to look at it more specific, uh, more in depth, but uh, I really like Prometheus and Bob um, as my favorite. It just... they That kind of wacky claymation combo yeah, that, of... That was one of the more tolerable for me. If you remember, this was my Ferguson <laughs> for the, the Dream Snick yeah. lineup. So, but yeah. I, I do remember that one, and that one was... was Alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked Justice League Now quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just, man. It was just like what I wanted to see right then somehow. Yeah. Know, like action. It was so obvious kind of, <laughs> but somehow they were the first to do it. It felt, the humor felt really blunt compared to a lot of the stuff on Nickelodeon yeah. Action League Now. Just very slapstickish <laughs> and weird. It had, yeah, it had its very own, like, its own style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did like Life with Loopy also. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was like cardboard, maybe, yeah. almost, and it got pretty weird. <laughs> Kevin's refusing to speak about Kablam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I would so my favorites Prometheus and Bob. I would say my least favorite were Henry and June. 
hmm. uh, the cartoon segments of Kablam. I didn't like those characters. I didn't find them. You thought you'd rather have just like nothing wrapped around the shorts, just straight like up them, shorts, like not having hosts. Yeah. Um. My answer as an adult is hmm. I'd rather not have them. Hmm. I, I didn't think they. Okay. I, I, I feel like they kind of do something for the show. They, uh, <laughs> I think they make the show... It, they glue it. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost that same interactive type feel, like where they're talking to you as the viewer. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't think I like the way they look. I just didn't like yeah, the animation, yeah. really. And, I can feel that. Yeah. I'm with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about Kablam you like. It was tolerable. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> um, all right. Very cool. Action League Now, Prometheus and Bob. Um, those are some fun segments. Yeah. Uh, we had another question uh, from at <laughs> DJ Selrock, uh, or Celeste at twi- on Twitter. Uh, they said, what do you think of Snick turning 25 years old this month? Hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah, it is nuts. <laughs> That's uh, so. I guess that's from the beginning, the very first. Yeah, I think August, August nineteen ninety two, mid August. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's both. It's both. I guess cool, but yeah. it's more so a reminder of <laughs> this thing that seemed like Time it was just past. I mean, I was I was almost ten when that happened, so it's uh, <laughs> twenty five years after that. It's a little. It mm. do, it is interesting though, even thinking back about it now. Like, um, it seems like another thing that they could bring back, and really utilize that concept. Um, and I, I might not watch the shows that are on it now. I guess, but I I just liked that whole thing going on. I th- I think some of the commercials had the kids like running around on the street yeah. at night. Yeah, and it, so it felt like. It was a nighttime thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know how many how many things that happened twenty five years ago are we still talking about? Right. Yeah, and you know, so much that we would be willing to discuss it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, other you know, in, in lieu of the Cleveland Indians, I don't think there's <laughs> there's all that much for me. <laughs> I'm sure there's like movies and stuff that came out right around the time sure. that I still like, but this right. this was a huge. Thing. I mean, this is a big. The scope of SNCC is so much bigger than you know, just one movie that you really liked. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know. I think it's... No, totally. Uh, it, it is crazy that it's it's turning 25. I know Nick Splat is uh, on Teen Nick. They are every Saturday this month in August. They're doing a SNCC run. So I think it's midnight to 2 a.m. Oh. Uh, they'll run for, I think, for like different lineup every Saturday. Mm. It's a little late for my taste, but I'll probably try to tune in if possible. Yeah, I'd like uh, to catch just an "Are You Afraid of the Dark" in there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> I think it's gonna gonna be there. But um, 25 years ago, I would have loved to stay up till midnight and oh. just get Snick started. But uh, anymore, I want to be in bed by 10. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a kid and uh, you're watching the Midnight Society at 9:30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's only you know, so much you can do. So I yeah, I always wondered if you think they were out there at midnight, or were they out there, like, was it supposed to be like they're out there as you're watching it? Yeah. Unless it was time. unless it was Gary's backyard, I highly <laughs> doubt it was actually midnight. That yeah. all of their parents would let them out of the house that late. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, 
Although it would make it a little edgier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in that case, their parents aren't waiting in the cars. Right. Um, yeah. um, so happy birthday to Snick. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh, last, uh, we heard from, we, we read his uh, email at the beginning of the show, uh, C. Stove at, on Twitter uh, asked us, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on dumbest characters. <laughs> And uh, I don't think any of us yeah. want to be too cruel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say not as, like, his intelligence is dumb necessarily, but kind of dumb in a good way is Meltman uh, from Action League now. Oh, yeah, Meltman. He's very, <laughs> very dumb, but well, kind of great, too. You don't even have to feel bad about that. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there are some characters where... They're purposely, I think, already made to seem dumb. I'm thinking like Donkey Lips. They make yeah. him pretty clumsy and yeah. Though he does have redeeming. Episodes, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, he, I mean, he's so lovable that I, I'd never find him on this <laughs> list. But it, but as far as actual people, I think were the characters created to be that be yeah. dimwitted. Um, he comes to mind and oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say uh, the other guy on Action League now. Um, Oh, uh, the flesh. The flesh. Okay, yeah. So I, I mean, he was obviously like, they purposely yeah. very dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I mean, it, there's a lot of characters on Nickelodeon where the whole premise, like a bunch of characters and all that. The premise is that yeah. this is not a very smart person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that's easy picking, kind of, when yeah. you're trying to come up with a bunch of different characters. Yeah. Um, uh, we mentioned earlier maybe the the Rugrats would literally IQ wise qualify oh, yeah. as probably well, uh, Patrick from SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Patrick's a really good. I mean, he's he's again someone meant to be. That's yeah. his role. Yeah, but he is a great pick. It's a starfish, so I imagined he would you know be the lowest. Uh, oh, great. Very good. <laughs> Congratulations to the Rugrats. Just slightly smarter than a starfish. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, dumbest character, I don't know, I guess you guys, any of these topics, you guys are free to contact us and let us know what you think, I, I'm sure we came up short a little bit on some of the topics, but... Yeah, I'd love to talk about some ones that we didn't think of, and, you know, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, so, what are we doing next week? So, next week we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite Pete and Pete's, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Oh. Yeah. I almost remember that, I feel like, or, you know, I almost feel more nostalgic about that episode than I do about my actual past. <laughs> Somehow that episode encaps, you have now mistaken that as your childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's Mr. Tasty? Yeah. Um, yeah, so summers, for all those school kids listening to uh, Big Orange Couch, the summer is nigh upon end. Uh, oh, the end is near. And um, so we figure we just wrap it up with... A nice Great. summer episode. Yeah, perfect summer one. Yeah. Um, well, Kevin, thanks for chatting Nick topics. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are getting pretty sick of me two weeks in a row here. So. <laughs> oh, never. No, no, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, look at me. <laughs> no. Yeah, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us a whole bunch of different ways. We're on Twitter at BOC Podcast, as in Big Orange Couch Podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook, and I'm not sure if we're up to 10. I, I, last I saw, we're at 9. <laughs> so we're nice. so close to having 10. Um, oh, you're, you're at 10. Uh, Jeff, you are at 10. Oh, amazing technology. Uh, All right. Digits. Well, sh- again, Chris. 
you've made a world of difference <laughs> to our Facebook following. We are on uh, Instagram. A bunch of people have followed, so thank you. Uh, on Instagram, we're at Orange Couch Podcast. Uh, you can also email us at uh, Orange Couch Podcast at Gmail. Um, you can listen to us on Podbean. You can listen to us on iTunes, and it would be super great if you're willing to leave a review, and even better if you're willing to tell a friend. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, fun talking. Thanks for sending the topics. Yeah, it was great. We'll see you next time. Next great time. Episode. She ran